the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you abundant life. Real life. I talk to a lot of people and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you. Find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's based on John 10.10. And today we continue the study in the book of Philippians. We're in chapter 4 now and today's message is called Love with Your Mind. Just a reminder, reallife.org is the website for River City. There you'll find this and hundreds of other messages from Pastor Sean, but let's study the Word. This is Real Life Radio. We began this, or, or we, we picked this up, this conversation, and we, we wrapped up kind of chapter 3, and the, the message really was enjoy the journey, just don't forget where you're going. And we talked about being citizens of heaven. I got all kinds of feedback from folks who really saw that and said, man, that helped me think a little differently because often we forget that whole reality that what's here matters. It's just not all that matters. And that God created us for something amazing and something good. Uh, Earlier this week, I had some friends who were just kind of sharing some Facebook chat and one, one commented on the tsunami that after the big earthquake in Chile and the fears of tsunami that they had been up. And it was kind of a humorous tongue-in-cheek reference, but that they had been up all night long, and this part was true, watching news coverage on the tsunami, and then what a big disappointment it was that it didn't hit. And, you know, (laughs) I commented back, I'm so sorry, but good news, hurricane season's just around the corner. And, you know, she laughed and said, you know, her whole point was how the media were just panting and just looking for ways to cover this. And it feels like this we're fed this stream of bad news. And it almost, if you're into this and you're watching this and you're, you're, you're wrapped up in this drama, then when nothing happens, it's like, oh, yeah, now what? It was kind of like our prayer night a few weeks ago when we canceled and everybody buttoned down, waiting for this big winter storm, and then, oh, nothing. Okay. And of course, we're grateful that nothing happened there, that there wasn't the kind of devastation that could have happened in so many places. But this person's comment was about how kind of bad news sells. 
And that's really, that is really one of those things that, that rubs me wrong. But it is a fact. Bad news sells. When there's something bad, there's a catastrophe, something negative, news people make hay while the sun shines. What is it in us? Stop and think about that for a minute. What is it in us that just gets all wrapped up in bad news? I mean, the fact is, I, I don't like bad news. Bad news is, well, bad, right? I think there's something, if, if, if we give in to our fears, something about bad news validates those fears. It's kind of like, see, I knew it. If, if, for those of us who can maybe sometimes get a little glasses half empty versus glasses half full, it validates the fears. And by watching the news and being glued to it and reading all the outlets, having our computer there and knowing everything we can, it's almost like the control freak in us is trying to, to validate those fears and control everything by being fully informed. And because of that, media capitalizes on it. It reveals a problem in our thinking. And I want to suggest that our thinking really matters. Our outlook is huge. This reveals something that it would be hard, you'd be hard pressed to really talk about it, but yet there's this perspective. And in today's passage that we're going to look at, the Apostle Paul talks about perspective in a very unique way. Now, I want to begin reading at verse 4. He ended chapter 3. The beginning of verse 4, he really addresses something that we addressed in one of our earlier talks, just this conflict between a couple of ladies at the Philippian church in Philippi. And so he kind of addresses that. We don't really know much about it. If you're looking for that, you can look at one of the earlier messages, and I talked a little bit about, about that. But he then goes in and begins at verse 4, and he says a phrase that he had said a number of times already in the book, but he says a little more emphatically. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Do you know that he says that phrase eight times, or eight references to rejoicing in the book of Philippians, more than any other book in the New Testament? Paul is trying to say something to these people. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. You remember where he was when he's writing this? He's in prison. You remember what he addressed earlier in the early chapters, how they were beginning to experience a similar type of adversity and even persecution to what he was experiencing. So the heat was being turned up. Kind of negative news was everywhere. Negative situations were actually beginning to come to pass and circumstances, and Paul stops and says, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, he had already said it like five times. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again in case you didn't hear me. I'm not stuttering here. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Anytime the scripture talks about gentleness, I have to look at it through the lens of the the opposite. Forcefulness. Let your gentleness rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all. And why can I let my gentleness, instead of forcefulness, be known to all? You have this in your notes there. Underline this line. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Why can I rejoice? Because the Lord is near. Why do I not have to be anxious about anything? Because the Lord 
is near. Why can I be gentle instead of forceful? Because the Lord is near. That idea is such a central idea to the Apostle Paul as he is sitting in prison, separated from these people who he loved, in fact, from everybody he loves, recognizing, but I'm not alone. I'm sitting in a prison cell, and I am not ultimately in the hands of that Roman guard out at the door. I am not ultimately in the hands of the head of this prison that I'm in. I'm not in the hands of the Roman Empire. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Why? Because the Lord is near. He's right here. Do you understand, folks, today? The Lord is near. The God of the universe, the creator of all things. Paul is saying this should so permeate our thinking that it changes everything. It is why we can rejoice always. It is why we can be gentle instead of forceful. And then verse 6, by the way, verse 6 and 7, this is like a gift to you this morning, okay? You need, you need to memorize this verse. You need to put this on your refrigerator. This is one that you can quote every single day. There's probably a legitimate reason to quote. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, Do not be anxious about anything. Why? The Lord is near. But in everything by prayer and petition. To who? Well, the Lord who's right there. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And that little phrase, with thanksgiving, is a really big phrase, isn't it? Because when I'm presenting my request to God as a complainer versus I'm presenting my request to God as a thankful person, it's not so much that God changes. Like when I'm a complainer, he's like, oh, sorry, I'll forget it. I can't even stand to be around you. That's not so much it. I mean, maybe he feels that way, but he's gracious, okay? He doesn't do that to me. But the difference is when I am thankful, do you know what that means? I have hope. My thankfulness means I'm going with, I'm praying in faith because look what you, look what God's already done. If I am not thankful, prayers can really be hollow and empty. They can become rituals. They can become superstition. When I am thankful, prayer is the most natural thing in the world because look what God's done before. Look what, look what he's already given. Look what we've already seen. And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church, in a series called Under Construction, which we encourage you to go over to reallife.org and check out the sermons page, where you can find this and hundreds of other messages delivered by Pastor Sean Azaro. And if you'd like to visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. This is real life.
Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church with more of this message called Love With Your Mind in the series Under Construction, which can be downloaded for free at reallife.org when you click on the Sermon Archive link. And this is Real Life Radio. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And listen to verse 7. Oh, you need to get this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, your friends will think you're crazy. That's what this means. Your family will think you're nuts. Okay? They'll think you're irresponsible. They'll think you're clueless. They'll think you're a little whacked. Because this peace of God, which transcends all understanding, they're not necessarily going to have it. They'll be looking at the circumstances going, dude, you're in trouble. Someone's sick. You're in debt. Your business is failing. And they're looking at circumstances. And you, who have with thanksgiving brought your petitions and your prayers to God, who is near, you have all of a sudden this peace of God which transcends all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a gift. Now let me ask you a question. If I do not... um, if I do not have that perspective, wait a minute, the Lord is near. I, I, can, I can rejoice. I, I can be gentle. I don't have to force everything. I can be gentle because the Lord is near. I don't have to be anxious. I can be thankful. And I, when I make these prayers and petitions, I'm talking to the greatest power and mind and strength in the universe, my Father. And because I have peace. If I don't have that perspective of the Lord is near, Will the peace of God guard my heart and mind? No, it won't. Because I won't let it. I instead insist on obsessing with the difficulty of my circumstances or the challenge of my relationships or the financial issues or whatever it is that I'm obsessing about and I'm making God in my life. Those become the things. And the peace of God... I won't let it guard my heart. God tries to bring peace. Wait a minute, I'm right here. Talk to me. You'd be amazed at what I can do. No, God, I've got some big problems. You go ahead and create galaxies. I'll worry about my bank account. Right? And we, It's almost like we have peace repellent that we spray God's way because of our anxiety, our fear, our worries. He goes on, listen to this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true. Oh, this is another one. Like I told you, this, this book is just like spiritual powerhouse soundbite heaven, okay? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Do you notice that phrase? In verse 7 it said, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And here it says, and the God of peace will be with you. You know they're inseparable. The peace of God obviously comes from the God of peace. And the greatest truth in this whole text is that the Lord is near is that the Lord is near. And because He is near. And now the Bible's not saying He's the only thing that's near. Yes, 
hardship and adversity. Yes, people who are in pain. Yes, difficult circumstances. They all can be near as well. But remember, they're not the only thing that's near. God is near. And because of that, I need to learn and listen to this. I encourage you, close your eyes for just a second and listen to these words. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. One of the things that as a pastor we, we do some of, maybe not a, a ton, because there's certain things that we handle and there's certain things we make referrals on, but it is counseling. We counsel people. People will come with difficult issues and want some help seeing it from a biblical perspective. We really call it biblical guidance is what it is. Seeing things from a biblical perspective, ha- sorting through issues. They're dealing usually by the time they come to counseling. And what we do is we share and maybe we'll have some times. And if it's a spiritual issue, if it's a biblical issue, we'll help walk through that. If there's a counseling issue, a personal counseling issue, we have some great Bible-believing counselors that we refer people to. The thing that is consistent in all of the cases of folks who come for counseling, which, by the way, is a good thing. It's people who recognize that there's need in their life and things that they're working through. But one of the things they come, they come with, we, we begin by talking about outcomes. Something is wrong. We begin by talking about this problem. And the problem is really an outcome. And the outcome or that problem is always traced back to certain behaviors. And one of the things that we find, and this is where we often end up in biblical guidance or biblical counseling sessions is you go from outcomes and these this fruit that I'm having a bad I got a problem with my relationship with my wife or my kids or I've got a, I've got a fear that I just can't get over or this the thoughts that keep coming round and round and it's destructive in my life those outcomes those problems are traced back often to a behavior which is traced back to a belief and this is one of the key understandings beliefs matter a lot False beliefs are one of the primary things we end up addressing in biblical guidance, in biblical counseling. False beliefs. Just a person believes something, often about themselves, that is totally not true. And if you actually kind of looked at it from an objective perspective, help them see it from an objective perspective, they, they would acknowledge, you know what? That's probably not true. And yet everything they do stems from an inner deep belief that is a false belief. It may be a false belief about God, maybe a false belief about other people, but it is a false belief. And conversely, true beliefs are really, really powerful. Beliefs that are linked and connected with truth. Because out of our beliefs come our behavior. And what I want to suggest to you is that beliefs really, really matter. But Paul is going one step deeper. Because before belief, there is thought. Paul is going to the thought life, and the thought life matters. Paul shows us a connection between thought and beliefs, behaviors, and outcomes. And this is really, really important. I've got some blanks in your notes there. Why don't you write these down? Thoughts become beliefs. Before these beliefs are there, 
Before, and a belief is something that I, I am so convinced of, I'm willing to act on it. That's what a belief is. I mean, we understand the difference between, you know, oh, I believe something, but my actions would say I don't. No, no, I'm talking about a belief, a real belief. It is so much a part of me, I so believe it, I act on it. But it starts as a thought, always. Thoughts become beliefs. Beliefs become behaviors. Behaviors produce outcomes. That's what Paul is helping us to understand. Thoughts become beliefs. Beliefs become behaviors. And behaviors produce outcomes. I think a simple idea is one that so many people miss. And what it fundamentally means for us is what we think and how we think matters. It's not incidental. It's not, oh, well, I've got these thoughts, or I kind of meditate on these things, but who cares? What we think and how we think matters. And I want to suggest to you that we could, I think, rightly lament the gradual and steady extinction of thought in our culture. It's one of the scariest things that I see. The extinction of thought. couple ways that I think we see that manifest. Letting others do our thinking for us. There's a lot of people, and I've had people in the context of church say, you know what, I don't need to go through all that. Just tell me what to think. There are people, you, you see people who will go to churches where, you know, you listen to the preaching and you go, oh my gosh, that person's angry. And there's no kind of depth of thought. There's no unpacking, but that person just shouting this, this, this. And they'll go to that church, and, and you ask them, a, a thinking person, you go, why, why do you go there? Because I don't want to think. I just want someone to tell me what to do. There's a difference when we use the word thought. There is thought, i.e. an idea. And then there is thought, the process of thinking. And some people will just want the, give me the idea. Just tell me what to do. I don't want to work at it. I just, just let others tell me what to think. And I'll be fine. We see it where people go with, you know, they, they find their, their commentators on radio, on television, talk radio, and they just lie. They want someone to tell them what to think. And they want to circumvent the hard process of actually thinking, of going through the process and understanding. I want to suggest to you, if I tell you what to think, you'll soon forget how to think. And that's a dangerous place to be. But we live in an age when we want to let others do our thinking for us. I think one of the challenges is media, and we talked about it a little bit in the beginning, media filters the message. And a lot of people just want to take it as gospel. Whatever comes on the screen, whatever comes over the airways, if, if it's said on TV, it must be true. That's just ridiculous. Because just go two channels over and you'll hear the exact opposite said on TV. I think, sadly, media filters the message for us. And and, and understand something. In our culture, in politics and media, one thing that seems abundantly clear, they know that they can say whatever they want in a campaign. They know they can say whatever they want because in six months, nobody will remember. They'll say the exact opposite. Just change the administration and office. They will say the exact opposite things that they said four years ago. If you don't believe me, just go... Get some transcripts. Just look. And you know what? That You could go, wow, the media has an agenda. Duh, they're people. 
that surprise you? That's not the great crime of what I'm talking about. The great crime is that we're stupid enough to not see that and to continue to just soak it up. Critical thinking is one of those things that is just lost. And in the church, we certainly are not immune and we are not guilt-free. Unfortunately, all too often we have the wrong notion that faith is contrary to thought. And that is one of the most dangerous things to get to church. That is one of the great victories of the enemy. To think the idea that faith is contrary to thought. Faith is a belief that is so strong I'm willing to act on it based on thought, reason, understanding of the bigger realities, including the reality of God. That's what faith is. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life, a service of River City Community Church. And if you've enjoyed this message, would like to hear it again, or maybe this whole series, it's called Under Construction, and it's available right now at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. That's Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.